European Heart Journal Case Reports 2020 podcast. I am Tom Slater, podcast editor. Today, I will be discussing a case report by Fabienne Vervat, Kurt Bomeister, and Peter Jan Vlaar, entitled Case Report Regarding the Evolution of Electrocardiographic and Echocardiographic Features in Cardiac Amyloidosis. Cardiac amyloidosis is an important and underdiagnosed cause of heart failure with preserved ejection fraction involving progressive deposition of amyloid protein in the myocardium. A 71-year-old man was referred for outpatient assessment with symptoms of reduced exercise tolerance, exertional dyspnea, and angina pectoris. He had a prior medical history of elective percutaneous coronary intervention to his right coronary artery for stable angina two years previously, without improvement in anginal symptoms, despite a repeat angiogram demonstrating stent patency. Echocardiography revealed normal systolic function, severe concentric left ventricular hypertrophy, mild aortic stenosis, and restrictive diastolic dysfunction. A diagnosis of microvascular angina was made, and treatment with a calcium antagonist was initiated, with some improvements in anginal symptoms, and the patient was discharged back to primary care. The patient was re-referred 18 months later, after a significant deterioration in symptoms. The electrocardiogram at this time demonstrated normal electrical axis, first-degree atrioventricular block, narrow QRS complexes, low-voltage complexes in the limb leads, and a pseudo-infarct pattern in the precordial leads. When compared to prior electrocardiographs, the low voltage in the limb leads was progressive. Echocardiography revealed progressive thickening of both ventricles and the interatrial septum, and the pattern of restrictive diastology was also progressive. Global longitudinal strain of the left ventricle and left atrium was impaired, with relative apical sparing, leading to a high suspicion of cardiac amyloidosis. Bone scintography was performed, with a positive result confirming the diagnosis of cardiac amyloidosis. Monoclonal light chain testing were negative, ruling out light chain amyloidosis, and no genetic ATTR mutations were found, confirming the diagnosis of wild-type ATTR amyloidosis. Treatment with tefamidis was initiated, and the patient continues under follow-up. I would now like to discuss cardiac amyloidosis in more detail. Light-chain amyloidosis, or AL amyloidosis, is the most commonly diagnosed form, and occurs as a consequence of plasma cell malignancy and subsequent production of misfolded light chains, which can deposit in multiple organs. It is commonly associated with multiple myeloma, and diagnosis relies upon the presence of monoclonal light chains in the serum and urine. The other main cause of amyloid cardiomyopathy is transthyretin amyloidosis, or ATTR amyloidosis. Transthyretin is a protein produced by the liver, which acts as a thyroxin and retinol transporter. The monomeric form of transthyretin is prone to misfolding, and over time can aggregate as amyloid deposits, predominantly in the heart and soft tissue, where it most commonly presents as carpal tunnel syndrome. ATTR amyloidosis can be hereditary, with transthyretin gene mutations leading to an accelerated amyloid deposition, or wild type, in which normal transthyretin gradually deposits over time. The authors highlight that angina pectoris can be a symptom of cardiac amyloidosis in the absence of epicardial coronary artery disease. Additionally, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction is a common presentation of cardiac amyloidosis, although ejection fraction can also be reduced. Key electrocardiographic features of amyloidosis are low-voltage QRS complexes in the limb leads and a pseudo-infarct pattern in the precordial leads. Despite the marked left ventricular hypertrophy, which is a feature of amyloid cardiomyopathy, 
This pseudo-infarct pattern is more commonly seen than ECG features of left ventricular hypertrophy. Atrial fibrillation and atrioventricular block are both also common features. Echocardiographic features of amyloid cardiomyopathy include left and right ventricular hypertrophy, interatrial septum thickening, biatrial dilatation, valve leaflet thickening, pericardial effusion, and diastolic dysfunction. Ejection fraction may be preserved or reduced, the latter being more common in later stages of the disease. Global longitudinal strain, assessed by speckle tracking, is useful to highlight an apical sparing pattern, which is highly suggestive of cardiac amyloidosis. Despite these described features, cardiac amyloidosis cannot be diagnosed from ECG and echocardiography alone. Cardiac MRI is increasingly useful, with a typical pattern of late gadolinium enhancement seen. To complement MRI findings, bone scintography scanning uses a technetium DPD tracer to highlight areas of amyloid deposition, and is much more sensitive in ATTR amyloidosis than in AL amyloidosis. Screening for monoclonal light chains is also essential to determine the diagnosis. If bone scintography is positive and monoclonal light chains are negative, the diagnosis of ATTR amyloidosis can be made without the need for biopsy, with genetic testing determining whether it is wild type or hereditary. There have been recent treatment advances for ATTR amyloidosis. Tofamidis is a transthyretin stabilizer which inhibits amyloid formation and delays the progression of cardiac amyloidosis. The ATTRACT trial published in 2018 demonstrated tofamidis treatment reduced all-cause mortality, hospitalizations and symptom progression in patients with ATTR amyloidosis over a 30-month period. Other possible treatment options include patisseran and inotersin, two RNA inhibitors of transthyretin which have shown promise recently. I would like to conclude this podcast with the following learning points suggested by the authors. Angina pectoris can be a presenting symptom in patients with underlying cardiac amyloidosis. Electrocardiographic findings suggestive of cardiac amyloidosis are low QRS voltage in limb leads and a pseudo-infarct pattern in precordial leads. Important echocardiographic findings suggestive of cardiac amyloidosis are biventricular hypertrophy, restrictive diastolic function, and relative apical sparing of the left ventricle when assessed using global longitudinal strain. And finally, endomyocardial biopsy is not necessary to confirm the diagnosis of ATTR amyloidosis if a patient with heart failure syndrome has echocardiographic findings suggestive of cardiac amyloidosis in combination with positive bone scintography and in the absence of monoclonal proteins. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports podcasts. References in the original case report are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt.